Hello, welcome to Slovak Ancestry, the podcast about genealogy, family history and heritage. We are going to talk here with the people from all around the world with the connection to Slovakia and their interesting search for their ancestors. The more I am learning about the people that left, the more I think we should be aware of our roots and where we came from. My name is Michal Razus and this podcast is created with the support of podcast industry. I am very happy to welcome here today my two good friends and excellent musicians, Les Horan, alias Ladislav Bergrun, and Abigail Lumsden from New York. I have to admit that a couple of days ago I was trying to find the proper music for this podcast, but I couldn't find anything that I would really like. By lucky coincidence, Abigail and Les sent me their interpretation of musical piece Django, and I just loved it. So I asked them if it's okay to use it in my podcast, and they agreed. I hope you will enjoy it as much as I do. There will be three of us today, and in spite Les is the main character of today's story, we are going to get some help from his wife Abigail, since uh, Les is having some health issues and it's uh, difficult for him to talk. Hello Les, hello Abigail, how are you doing? We're doing well, it's springtime here in New York, it's beautiful time. How are you Les? Pretty good. Some time ago I had a chance to meet you in uh, Prešov, Slovakia, where you came to search for the less family history. So what is your connection to Slovakia? If you don't mind, I'm going to speak for less because I but I know everything <laughs> so far at this point. Um Les's uh, connection to Slovakia is his birth, you know. Uh, he was born in Prešov and he spent the first few years of his life in Savinov before they actually had to hide from the Nazis in 1944. So then they rushed to Bobrovček, if I'm saying that right, uh, to hide in the woods, in the bunkers. And just by the skin of their teeth, they did not get caught. And they ended up hiding with the the Kustra family, who was a prominent farmer's family in the village of Bobrovček. Uh, you could say the first seven years of his life were spent uh, being very nervous and very, you know, his family tried to, you worked very hard to protect him from any danger and they succeeded uh, together with the Kustras. And after that, he moved to America and he's been living in the United States ever since. My, both of our connection with Slovakia was in 2015 when Holocaust Remembrance Foundation, I believe it's called, or Yad Vashem, based in Israel, but also based in Bratislava, they found less. And they said, you know what, we finally, you know, it's a long road to this point, but they finally believed his story that he was a hidden child, that he is a Holocaust survivor. And they invited us to come and give the Righteous Among the Nations Awards to the Kustra family, which is what we both did together. And it was in that trip in 2015, Michal, that we met you. So after being in Bratislava for about five days, I believe, we went to Prashov because I wanted to see where Les was born. And, you know, I wanted to see Prashov. And while we were there, I, I realized, wait a minute, Sabinov was right nearby. Let's go there. And so the, the rest is, of course, history between us. Les had already also come back to Slovakia in 1999, I believe it was, with his children. I didn't know Les yet myself, but he came back with his children, Gabriel and Kyla, to uh, reunite with the Kustra family, with Joško, the son of the Kustra family, and his best friend Stanislav. And they had the, the most serendipitous, most wonderful reunion with them. And 
that's also in you know Les has in the meantime written a book about this whole his whole life basically as a child survivor. So that's in a nutshell, as we say, that's uh, Les's connection with Slovakia and my connection too. Can we go a little bit back in the time and speak maybe about the last childhood? Who were the parents? What were they doing? Why they were persecuted or chased by Germans? Uh, well, Les comes from, a, of course, a very long line of Jews. And uh, they were Jewish, like a lot of people in Savinov and in Slovakia were. And uh, at first they were not chased. I think the Jew, I think the Germans kind of left the Jews alone for, for a little bit in Czechoslovakia back in the day. Uh, his parents' names, by the way, are Nathan Bergrun and Lily Stub Bergrun. And Berta and David were his grandparents. And they all lived together in a home in Savinov. And at first they were not perse- you know, chased. At first uh, they seemed they've kind of left alone, but in 43 things started to get dangerous. And of course, as we know, the Nazis wanted to kill all the Jews. I think Les's parents were pretty smart because while they were still feeling like, well, we can stay in the Sabino for the time being, I think they that's when they had bunkers built in Bobrovicek, just in case. And sure enough, they had to escape to the bunkers finally. But what Les is saying is that they had good connections. His family at first had good connections with the local officials and I, I believe some more officials in Bratislava. And so they were able to kind of avoid being caught. And, you know, that their life was pretty idyllic at first for Les's first two and a half to three years. But then, then the Nazis came and took away his mother's brother and uncle and sister. And this is when it all started, when they were taken away by the Nazis then it was da- dangerous. They were hiding in the bunkers and they were very hungry and the, and the villagers were feeding the, they were, they were two-faced, right? They, they were, there was a big underground movement where they were feeding, there were a lot of people in these bunkers, a lot of uh, Les's entire family, but also extended family and other families. And during this period, people just weren't really getting enough food and the winter was coming on. And one day Les got very ill and they found a guy named, uh, Mr. Kustra, who said, my brother's a doctor and we can take, we can safely take Les, Ladislav was his name at the time. We can safely take Ladislav to this doctor. He will help you and he will not turn you in. So they all went there. And it was during those few hours that they were at, they were on the way to the doctor, at the doctor's and on the way back, his best buddy was a girl who was a year younger than him named Yuditka, who was his first cousin hiding in the bunkers with them. Yuditka cried, because this is what happened. She was missing Les, and she cried. And it was just at that moment that uh, Nazi soldiers were patrolling that particular area with dogs. They heard Yuditka crying. They took everyone away right away and burnt everything down. And a few hours later, Ladislav and his mother came back to the bunkers and the, and the Kustra family plus other people said, you cannot go back there. There's nothing left. Everybody's been taken away. We will take you in and you will become part of our family. What was happening really. with uh, his father during this time? Do you know anything about him? Did he survive? Yes. When they came to hide in the bunkers, so Les and his father and, and mother were together, but his mother's grandparents, who they had been living with, you know, in Savinov, They went on the other side of the mountain to another set of bunkers. And Les's father decided, you know, I'm going to go over the mountain and find them, make sure they're okay. 
So he ended up leaving Les's mother and Les. And on the way, he was hurt by scrap mill from a bomb. I think it was, it might've been a bomb that had been planted in the ground somewhere, but he got injured and he was found and brought back to health. And I, I we seem to think that it was his grandparents that, you know, that yeah. found him and brought him back to health. So he ended up, he wasn't able to come back to Les and his mother until the war was over. So he was separated from them, but the par- grandparents were found and they were fine. I think I remember a short story when you were telling me about before. It was end of the war and uh, there was some stranger coming to Les and his mom. And the, <laughs> yeah. the stranger was kissing Len's mom and that was his father. So this was the moment when I was really completely, my mind was blowing because I, it, it's just such a strong, strong piece of the story. Yes. And, you know, in Les's book called They Forgot to Tell Me I Was Jewish, by the way, this is his memoir. There's a beautiful photograph of him at, dressed as a girl. And you can see him holding the hand of a man. You don't see the face of the man. You just see the, the lower body. And that's his father reuniting with him. Because while Les was hiding, he was dressed as a girl and he was not told he was Jewish. Yes, uh, during those nine months to a year, approximately, that he was hiding with the Kustras, they all decided, well, you know, there were two other children living there. Uh, there was Yoshko and there was his sister, and Yoshko's best friend was hanging around. They were about five years older than Les, so they were eight at the time. And everyone hovered around Les and decided the only way to protect him is to dress him as a girl so that he doesn't get checked for circumcision if there happens to be you know, a German soldier or a Hungarian soldier or whatever coming through. And he can't be told that he's Jewish. That actually protected everyone. He was just at that age where he didn't really care. Really, basically, all he cared about was food, you know, <laughs> give me food and give me candy. And, you know, they grew his hair out and there were there wasn't really a, a, a mirror in their home. It was, you know, an old, beautiful old farmhouse. And uh, he just, you know, they just kind of fooled him uh, into being a girl. And he was like, well, I'm not, he knew he wasn't a girl. He knew that. And he even like blurted it out to soldiers at a certain point, but, but they laughed at him and they said, oh, isn't he a cute little girl? Are you still in some kind of touch with the family that helped to survive these bad days? As soon as they got to New York and Les was seven, eight years old, Les's mother was in touch with the Kustra family very, very closely. She sent them gifts every Christmas, every Christmas really nice gifts, just to, you know, let them know we so are so grateful. You have no idea. So that's how that, that uh, kind of contact began after the war. And then in 1999, Les went, of course, and reunited with Yoshko, the son of the family that saved them, who was a kid at the time that Les was living with them, right? He was eight years old. And then when they went back, he was in his late 60s. So they found him. They found Yoshko's wife. They found Stanislav, his best friend. And they had an absolutely brilliant reunion with them now i would like yeah. to jump a little bit more to the present times and uh, if we can recall how we went to sabino where we met uh, that uh, lady the doctor who wrote the book uh, the juice from sabino yeah. do you remember Sorry. that meeting we both remember it like it was today <laughs> michal it was absolutely an incredible highlight of our lives i remember so well, we were looking for people. We were staying in this place in, in Prazhov, uh, right next to the big old synagogue. We called like three people. And finally, the, the woman in, you know, who was running the, the hotel said, you know what? 
I have one more person that we should call. Let's see if he's available. And that was you. And when we found out that you specialize passionately in finding the ancestors of people from Slovakia, I thought, oh my gosh, we couldn't have gotten a bigger gift. Yes, we remember very, very much how you came to pick us up. And immediately when on our way to Savinov, you were calling people because you thought we've got to connect with whoever we can in Savinov. So I remember that very much. You were calling a lot of people and you finally got a hold of Sonia Bazarov, I think is her name. And we met her in a patisserie, right? And uh, as we were sitting there, as she mentioned that his, her family knew, knew Les's family because they kind of lived next door to her, I believe that was. And Les's grandfather's house was right next door to the patisserie. It was a, it's an apotheque. I, I couldn't believe, I, I just, we couldn't believe it. We were, were sitting right there and it was so wonderful the way you connected us with Sonia and she had her book with her and she was saying, well, you know, I don't know what happened to most of some of these families. Uh, you know, I have their birth dates. I have, you know, their ancestors, you know, when they came to Savino. So we looked up Les's family and we saw these open-ended lines, right, for between their birth dates and, you know, deaths. And we were able to fill her in. We were able to tell her, you know, yep, this is Les's father. This is Les's mother and grandparents, the brothers of Les's father. They already went to America in the 30s, 20s and 30s. And they got visas for Les's family to go there. So, you know, Les's immediate family survived. And there was that little name on the bottom, right? Ladislav Begrin. And I said, well, by the way, he's sitting right here next to me. And we all cried. Remember that? We just burst into tears. <laughs> so, yes. That was the strongest moment for, for myself uh, because Mrs. Bazarova, she wrote a book where she was describing every single house, every single family in Sabino. There were like 500 uh, people and very few of them survived. And I think that in the, her book was written uh, about the last family. The next uh, destiny of them is unknown. They all probably died. And it was such a good feeling, such a satisfying feeling when we were sitting there all together and we could cross that terrible lines out and, and we could write there that they are okay and, and they made it. So this was for me really something that I will remember definitely forever. Me too, Michal, and less as well. He remembers that day like also like it was yesterday too. Yes. So because I... I I'm so glad we still are in connection with each other, Michal. I really am. It's a, it's a gift. When did your family leave Slovakia? Yes, it was 1948. Yeah. In 48. So they spent there a couple more months and then the communists came in 1948. So the family decided to leave. Yes. Well, as soon as they found out my, my, when my parents did, we got to get out of here. Well, they got visas because of family that had already moved here to the United States. How old was Les when he came to New York? Seven. He turned seven years old on board ship between London and New York. This has always been a passion of Les's. Uh, as soon as he moved to New York, he discovered music. And I think he'd even discovered it a little bit when they went back to Preshoff after the war for a few couple of years with playing a violin, right? You tried a violin and you loved that. <laughs> Oh, it's it's his pleasure. He's he grabs me every day and he says, "Okay, here's we're gonna do the next song now." You know, because <laughs> you are really bringing joy to people. It's great that in spite of uh, such a hard times you had to experience in your childhood, you have such an energy to to give the joy. So he basically started uh, the elementary school in America already, right? 
He sure did at the yeshiva. And he still didn't know he was Jewish yet. <laughs> <laughs> they forgot. <laughs> they forgot to tell him. That's why the name of his memoir is They Forgot to Tell Me I Was Jewish. I, I think one more thing you need to know now about Les before we stop, though, this memoir is highlighting him as a hidden child, but also highlighting his struggle with his identity as a Jewish man because, because of how he found out he was Jewish. You know, he'd learned to hate Jews at, right after the war. He'd learned to hate them because they were still protecting him. You know, the anti-Semitism was very, very high in Slovakia after the war, so, and, and dangerous even. So they still didn't tell him he was Jewish. And then when they moved to New York, they forgot. So he's learning this from his yeshiva colleagues. And that, that was a big, big deal for him. And in the meantime, he's got two kids, Gabriel and Kyla. They're both married and they each have five children. So Les is, has a humongous family and all because the Kustera saved him. Well, I think that uh, I have another wonderful story and uh, thank you for your time and for sharing it. And I definitely hope to meet you in person again. I hope so too. Well, next time we come, which we will one day, we will look you up. The doors are open. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Good luck. Thank yes. you very much. Take care. You too. Goodbye. Bye. That was all for today, and I am looking forward to you next week. You were listening to Slovak Ancestry Podcast with Michal Radus, created with the support of Podcast Industry. You can find us at Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. If you have an interesting family story and you would like to share it, feel free to contact me via email in the description. <laughs>